Hello everyone and welcome back to British Tea Time where we talk about life in general. However, in this episode we're trying something different. We're going to continue listening to the novel The Coral Island. To rehearse your ears and practice listening in British pronunciation. Chapter 2 When I woke up, I was lying on the sand with Peterkin and Jack beside me. I had a deep cut on my forehead and Peterkin was trying to stop the bleeding with a handkerchief. Are you alright, Ralph? asked Jack as he looked on anxiously. Yes, I murmured. I touched the cut on my forehead. It hurt. What happened? I asked. You hit your head on the oar. When we jumped into the water, you were unconscious. Luckily, we managed to pull you to shore, said Jack. What about the captain and the crew? I asked as I tried to sit up. Jack shrugged. I don't know. When the ship hit the reef, the men were thrown into the water. They managed to climb into the boat, but the winds carried them away from the island. The storm passed a short while ago. I really do hope the crew managed to save themselves. Those poor souls, I said with a sigh. And what happened to the ship? The ship sank, unfortunately, said Jack. Jack stopped speaking and we all fell silent. It was at that moment that I realized our situation. We'd been shipwrecked on a remote island in the Pacific with no food and very little chance of rescue. How would we ever survive? This is terrible, I exclaimed. This is the end. Perhaps not, said Peterkin with a voice full of hope. Think about it, lads. We have a beautiful island all to ourselves. We can start a brand new life here. We can be kings. Jack sighed. How can we possibly live on this island, Peterkin? We don't even have any tools, not even a knife. We do have a knife, said Peterkin, as he pulled a small penknife from his pocket. It had only one blade which was broken. I suppose that's better than nothing, said Jack. What else do we have? We searched our pockets for other items of value and we found the following. A silver tin, a piece of rope, a salesmaker's needle, and a broken telescope. Jack also had a brass ring, which he wore on his little finger. While we were examining our possessions, Jack remembered the oar we'd used to get to shore, and we quickly made our way to the beach to find it. Peterkin, who had run ahead of Jack and me, was the first to spot it. And he made another useful discovery too. An axe from the ship had also been washed up on shore. Fantastic, said Jack as he picked up the axe. 
this will be more valuable to us than a hundred knives. Once we'd found the ore and the axe, we decided to pick some coconuts to satisfy our thirst. We used the penknife to cut through the coconut flesh and quickly gulped down the juice. The coconut water was sweet and refreshing and it instantly made us feel better. We made our way back and spent the last hour of daylight cutting down large leaves and branches to create a shelter. Jack made a fire using some sticks and after a dinner of more coconuts and coconut water we went to sleep beneath the starry sky. In the days that followed we explored every inch of the island and came to the conclusion that it was uninhabited. The island was full of hills, valleys and green forests and it was covered in brightly coloured bushes, shrubs and trees, most of which I'd never seen before. My friends and I spent most mornings swimming in the ocean, but after a frightening encounter with a shark, we decided it would be safer to swim in an enclosed bay 10 minutes from our camp. We named the bay the Water Garden because of the colourful seaweed and coral that grew in its depths. I still remember the first time we dived among the colourful fish that swam in its waters. Have you ever seen anything so lovely, Ralph? said Jack as we surfed for air. Never, I replied. It's like a dream. While our days were spent swimming and exploring, our evenings were spent making weapons, which we used to hunt animals for food. Our impressive collection of weapons included spears, bows and arrows, and clubs of various shapes and sizes. One day, we made another unusual discovery. While we were standing on a cliff watching some whales swim in the distance, we saw a shimmering green object in the water. I, I say, Ralph, what's that in the water? asked Jack. It looks like a fish, I replied. Strange, said Jack. Why isn't it moving? It's always in the same spot. I'll throw my spear, said Peterkin. Fire away then, my boy, laughed Jack. But the spear passed right through the object and returned to the surface. I'll go down and check, said Jack, and he quickly took off his shirt and dived. A minute passed, and then two, but Jack was nowhere to be seen. When another minute went by, Peterkin grabbed my hand. Ralph, Ralph, dive down and get him quick, he exclaimed. As I was about to dive, Jack's head appeared. Oh, Jack, Jack, cried Peterkin. Where were you? What kept you so long? Now, lads, the green light isn't an animal. It comes from underwater cave, said Jack, when he managed to catch his breath. Without a second thought, 
Peter Ken and I jumped into the water to join Jack and the three of us swam down to the cave was made entirely of coral and the reef was about 10 feet high the thin rays of sunlight that came through the water into the cave made the glittering coral surfaces shine with a strange green light the cave reminded me of an enormous jewelry box filled with thousands of gemstones it was truly breathtaking sight we named the cave the diamond cave and though we didn't know it then the cave would end up being a very important find that's the end of chapter two of the novel the coral island i hope you find it useful and you enjoyed it subscribe to my podcast to listen to the rest of the novel have a great day and take care